Welcome to the Simply Adulting Podcast, a community created by myself, Amor, and my co-host Dee to share, reflect, and dissect issues affecting us while coming out inspired. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube, for video content. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to Simply Adulting. I am Dee, and I'm joined here by my co-host... Amu. (laughs) Hi, Amu. How are you? How's your week been? I've been good, man. I've been good. I've had a reasonably good week, but I have been busy, so it's been hard. But it was a good week, I'm not going to lie. And I finally did my hair. Yes. Yeah. How was your week? it looks good. Thanks. My week was also good. Just busy. Mm. A lot of admin and a lot of just like writing stuff down and planning for the week and students and things like that. Mm. It's a lot of hard work being a teacher. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah, I've... So much more respect for teachers now that I'm also one. Mm. Um, Anyway, have you realized just how much time you spent at work? Right? Yeah. We spend a lot of time at work. We do. Like, how many hours? So, I think it's 40 hours. Yeah. So, like a regular um, nine-to-five job, it's 40 hours a week, right? Mm. And that's like majority of your waking hours. Yeah, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time at work. Like, capitalism has us by the washing. (laughs) It has us. That's true. It does have us. Mm -hmm. And so, like, just in terms of that, in terms of your time at work, how have you been feeling? Um, Are you mentally sound, do you feel like? Uh, Right now, I am really okay, hey? Okay. But I'm not going to lie. Because we do work in a foreign country where we don't understand the language, um, I'm now surrounded by people that speak English quite well. And honestly, now I'm starting to hear the drama. (laughs) (laughs) I'm starting to get the drama. Like, did you know Uguti Uzbanban did this? And I'm just like, oh, like, I'm better off not knowing. Are you talking about in Korean? Yes. Oh, wow. (laughs) <laughs> no obviously they tell me in english but like i wish i didn't know because they can have their conversations in korean but now they're being translated to me i don't want to know why what do you think that's that's doing to you honestly for me gossip and i've been in an environment where gossip has really ruined the working environment for me mm-hmm. and i know it ruins for other people as well like you're better off not knowing all these things that happen, especially things that have nothing to do with you. So when you do know that, oh, by the way, this person has this kind of personality or this kind of thing happened before, yeah, I don't enjoy knowing that. I don't have to know. It's okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, okay. I guess I see what you're saying. Also, it kind of brings you down if the whole morale of the whole office is kind of you know, about whatever this gossip is. And then people feel like, well, if you're talking about me, then maybe I can talk about you and all of that stuff. Exactly. Well, I guess yeah. in in thinking of that altogether, 
um, how do you think or have you noticed any like um, mental health issues that could arise in the workplace, particularly in the workplace? Hmm. Okay, so, um, wow, mental health issues that arise because of the workplace. Yeah, so, and this could, like, be anything. So it doesn't necessarily just have to be depression, but it can be. It doesn't just have to be anxiety, but it can be. It can also just be, like, just workplace stress. Uh, stress that is exacerbated by work. Uh, so obviously, when you come from home, you have your own stresses. You come to work, and then you've got things that are stressing you out. Um, yeah, so what have you seen and or noticed about, like, workplace stress basically mm, you know dean i've i've been through the the pits okay <laughs> Let, <laughs> let's get into that let's get into, let's get into it i've been through the pits um so i used to work in the social media and digital media industry okay and i was there for maybe um almost four years and Look, I'm not going to lie. It's hard being in the industry. And some industries are, are the type of industries where there is absolutely no way that you can avoid stress. There's no way that you can av avoid um, anything unpredictable that happens. So it's an unpredictable environment. It also needs your energy on weekends. You need to be available every time. And they do warn you. They'll tell you that, look, um, when we need you on Friday nights at 10 p.m., we're going to call you. But, mm. yeah. Is that written in your contract? That's the thing. Do you know that when you sign up, like, is this what you signed up for? No. Okay. No. You know how they phrase it? Uh, this is a high, they say this is a high pressure job. And then they say, um... It requires your dedication. <laughs> you know, it's sugar-coated a little bit. You know, it requires you to be available. Nobody's telling you that I'm going to call you when you are at church and I'm going to need you to get wow. out. Wow. On Sunday. You coming for me when I'm spending time with God? Yeah. No one's going to tell you that um, I don't care if you have a death in your family. I don't care if you are not okay. I, I don't care. This is a job and this is what you sign up for. Because we told you it's a high pressure zone. Where were you going? Mm. So, um, when we bring it back to how I've seen poor mental health um, or how I've seen a job take take the your, your good, you know, oof. yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Wait. Before we get like deep into the parts when you weren't so happy in your job, um, first of all, I just want to find out like, what do you think about where you're working now? Do you feel like you are, you know, mentally sound, even like you said, now that you are hearing all of the stuff about like employees and whatever drama that's going on and they're telling you about it, are you okay? I am. Okay. I am. And I... You know, I keep waiting for something to happen. Okay. I keep waiting for something dramatic to happen. But I am. And because of where I come from, 
I've had so much anxiety in that space. It's very weird to not experience anxiety where I am now. And sometimes I make things up where I'm like, this is an this is a, a situation that requires me to be anxious. Nah, not really. You're 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 overreacting because you're so used to all the toxic mess that you were in. You get what I mean? I do. Yeah. I do get what you're saying. I think um I can say that it's also the same for me. I haven't, I have also experienced stress um, at my job, like the pits of stress um, that even led to like a whole bunch of other stuff that we'll get into. But I think it was also a combination of things that were happening in my life at the time. It wasn't just that one thing. It was many things altogether. Mm. Um, And coming here, not like there wasn't things that were, that, that um, contributes to stress, because they are. And I think that's one thing that we should, like, say is that it's also stressful working as a teacher. It's also stressful doing all this stuff. We just spoke about all the admin that we have to get through. And the pressure if at the end of, your, of the year you've been teaching your kids what day is it and you ask in December what day is it and they're like, huh, what do you mean, <laughs> you yeah. know? So just for them to also like the pressure of performing and performing well. So not just being able to do your job, but being able to do your job well and then exceeding expectations and doing all the other things that come with um, performance. Right. Um, But why do you think that here we don't feel that kind of pressure that we were feeling as opposed to when we were in our respective fields? I didn't work in the corporate field. I worked in... um, a clinical setting um, with psychologists. So I was writing reports, I was doing assessments. That's the kind of work that I was doing. Um, And I still felt a lot of pressure. But again, like I said, my pressure came from a bunch of things, but the workplace pressure didn't make things any better. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So why do you think it is that we were feeling so much pressure at home as opposed to here? I think... um so at home, I did experience racism, mm. right? Um, I, and it was kind of in my face. You know that, you know, this guy is a 21-year-old and he's getting the same salary as you and he's an intern. You know, it's a small Ooh. thing. Yeah. That's a big thing. That's yeah. not even a small thing. Yeah. Small things like in regards to how you... You you know that little information, mm. but it has such a big it takes such a big toll on you because damn I know this like and there's nothing you can do about it sometimes most times, so that's the first thing. The second thing is the language thing, like I said, because we don't understand the language where we are, um, it's very difficult to get involved in what's happening, mm. right? So there's no current news that's true (laughs) you know you really can stay out of the drama Mm. and another thing people find it very difficult to communicate with you so they communicate with you as kindly as possible oh yeah um i've been in a setting where i was sworn at wow yeah (laughs) yeah did you not deliver what was the reason for them swearing at you um it's it's not direct in a sense of if you amo, it's 
if this work that you did. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Not the work I've been spending hours and walking out of church to do. Exactly. Wow. So I think that's another thing. Another thing is how we are, you know, in the kind of job that I was in, and I think most jobs, you are told that you need to deliver sales. There's, they think they're being transparent when they tell you that we've only made this much and we need to make this much. Well, thanks for the pressure, Johnny. Ah, I see. Some people, though, say that if you don't tell them <clears throat> that you're trying to get to this goal, and if you're just saying to, like, if you're just putting on the front that everything is good, then people also expect that, okay, we need to get bonuses, okay, we need to get extra time off, okay, we've been working our asses off, therefore, we deserve A, B, and C, when in fact, the numbers actually don't show that. And without telling you that you need to get to a certain point, then... I get it. But I think there's a way. And also, how are these numbers being used to motivate me? Um, look, leaders have a way of doing things. And some leaders choose to come, with you, to, to come to you with information that really distracts you instead of motivating you. If you tell me that we, can we cannot afford to give you bonuses this year because Amo, you didn't make enough sales, you're not motivating me. You're not. <laughs> if you're coming to me telling me, that, you, you understand, if we don't uh, celebrate the big wins or even the small wins, but you always come to me with the thing of, oh, by the way, this is how the numbers are looking. Or you tell me how the numbers are looking, but you fail to tell me how much you're paying yourself. And that's if you're a small business. Oh. You just bought a Merc. Okay. You just bought a Merc. The numbers are looking bad. Which side of the numbers did you show me? But you don't... Okay. You so, don't have to. Right. You don't have to. But it's the, it's the contradiction now. I'm not stupid. Okay, I hear what you're saying, but mm. I'm going to play devil, devil's advocate for just a second. Mm. Um, you know we love scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Yes, we do. So let's say that you are the boss of a small company. Yeah. Right? And in your small company, you have, let's say, 20 employees. Right? So it really is a small company. You do the work that you do. You do other small things, but you also, you, your main focus is this company the numbers at your company really aren't looking good but you've been working for so many years and maybe your husband has a deal with a dealership at mercedes and so you've bought this car right so do you think now that's your responsibility to then explain to your small group because it is 20 people like it's not difficult to get 20 people together do you think that then it's your responsibility in that case to get your people together and be like, hey, guys, <laughs> this is why I'm able to buy a car. Don't look at it as if, you know, the numbers are excellent. They're not. We're still not giving bonuses this year. We're still not taking that trip to Cape Town this year. So is it my responsibility to tell the is team? Is it your responsibility to tell the team and to explain why you have been able to give yourself that luxury no it's not my responsibility now i sound like i'm contradicting myself but here's the thing 
it is my responsibility to um, be transparent in how the company is doing and how I'm doing as a business owner, right? I don't have to share private information. But if I come to you, D, and I say that, look, this is how much how much we made as a company. These are the books. This is what's happening. I don't have to tell you my salary and what's going on with me financially. But if I'm transparent to that point, you know the ins and outs of the company. For me, it's the withholding of certain information because you know what you're doing with the money. Mm. If you know, if I know that as an employee, if I know that we got two million from this deal, mm-hmm. why are you hiding the fact that we have two million, but you're telling me that we're going to we're not going to a trip in Cape Town? Mm. What happened to the two million? Mm. If you buy a Mercedes, I am going to assume that that's where the two million okay. went. So my thing is. Um, when we want to be transparent, let's go all the way. We don't have to share full-on personal information. But let's go all the way. Shabu, we can't go to, to Cape Town, right? If I notice that because we lost this company, we lost this client, this client said this, if I see that as an employee, I'm not going to bother myself with why you are buying Mercedes. That's none of my business. But it becomes my business when I know that according to our books, we got two million, but you have no celebratory spirits within you. Mm. You forgot to share that at the last meeting <laughs> and you're still pushing me for sales. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. I think that's that's good. The, the point that you mentioned, um, just that the transparency must be done well. Yes. Like... If you're going to know how to be, like, know how to do it. Don't try and implement it before you know and understand how to do it because it's going to lead to things. Mm. But now just taking that conversation back to just how you feel mentally, do you think then that you would be, if you were, so let's start with, do you think you were paid accordingly to the amount of stress and pressure you were put under? And then, do you think that there is an amount of money that you could have been given to make it worth it? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Um, a lot of corporate jobs do this. They will pay you peanuts. And before, before you work, before you come into the company, they'll tell you the things that you'll be doing. And you you would think that it's a good fit. That if I'm getting this amount of money and if I'm working this hard, then I'm happy to do this. You get there and you're now told that, oh, this is what you need to do extra. Oh, by the way, um, we don't have a person for this. So this is going to be your responsibility. Oh, by the way. And then you realize that you're doing senior level work but you're being paid like a junior. Mm, Okay. And don't pay me for my stress because maybe I'm stressed because you're not paying me. So let's not make it a pay me for my stress. No, no. What if I wouldn't be stressed if you paid me? Let's, Let's stop it from happening before it happens. Okay. So... For me, then that sounds like a motivation issue rather, Mm. right? So what is you, yourself, what is your motivation like intrinsically? What is it that that 
gives you your drive? What is it that makes you wake up in the morning? So do you wake up in the morning and drive your hour, most of us, to work because we know that Joburg traffic? Um, are we driving there to get to work so that we can be able to buy that big house mm-hmm. um, or so that we can be able to go to Dubai and do whatever all of our fancy shopping trips are we going to work because this is a job that I enjoy that I am passionate about and I'm trying to just like leave my mark in terms of my work in the world can it be both can it only be one or the other I think and leaders need to understand this I think that when you want someone to be very passionate about for example checking I don't know checking um upon a client or sending emails. If you really think that someone is passionate about that, you're lying to yourself. <laughs> you're lying. <laughs> Guys, when we when D when we participate in capitalism, man, right? You must never think that everyone is doing it because they love it. We're doing it because we have to. I hear you. Okay. Go on. So what I'm saying is that um, don't think that intrinsic motivation is enough as an employer. Mm. I don't think you should put it on me to stay motivated and be like, I want to put in my best work because they like that thing. They like making it turn on you and saying, how do you feel producing work like this? Oh, yeah. You get me? Woo. Oh, yes. They put it on you and you're relying solely on my intrinsic motivation. What if I'm on in this job because I just need money, bro? And honestly, a lot of people are in the jobs that they are in because they need money. Why are y'all lying about this thing? Okay, so I'll give you an example. Like my manager said to me, you know, if if you don't like the job that you're in, leave. I can't. Go find something else that you're more passionate about. I have bulls, sweetie. (laughs) I got bills. (laughs) What do you mean? That's fair. And I'm just going to say that, you know, those guys, those guys that like to say things like that because they have a certain privilege that allows them to be able to jump from place to place. And even when they're not in a particular place, they have things that can, you know, back them up like... Exactly. That house that they live in was probably paid off a long time ago or their education wasn't something that they still have to pay off, that they had to pay for themselves or, you know, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of managers do forget that. Um, they do. It's And I think it's very ignorant. Mm-hmm. It's very ignorant. You are coming from a place of privilege to say, please rely on how much you love this job and don't care that I'm paying you peanuts. No, you're making my life very difficult and you're going to make yours difficult because I won't produce the results that I need to. Because first of all, here's the thing about money specifically as a motivator. Money boosts morale. Good money boosts morale in a company. When people are getting paid, guys, they work. They really do. And you will see people work like crazy because they're getting enough and surely as a maybe as a as an employer it's very difficult to be honest about that and to be like okay in order for me to push them up I need to pay them more but 
if they if they were there just to do it for free like what do you want them to work for free mm-hmm. like what do you want do you I want free labor that's not how it works so money does boost morale and if you if you are trying to boost morale within the workplace paying people well is going to work out very good for you as an employer be honest about that thing yeah but also i'm not trying to take away the responsibility of how we work in in any industry that we're in sometimes most times we choose to be there okay i chose to apply i chose to apply mm. i come into this job what am i here for what am i doing where am i going regardless of how much i'm getting paid what is what is my goal right as i sit here mm. where am i trying to go with this <clears throat> you get what i mean yeah yeah okay I hear you and I understand everything that you're saying and it makes perfect sense, right? It makes complete sense. So essentially, or maybe not so essentially because it's not so black and white, but one of the the biggest things that can lead to workplace stress, um, which is what we're talking about today, workplace stress and mental health issues is not necessarily getting paid what you feel like you're worth, number one. And actually getting paid what it is that you're putting out. So you're not getting in what you're putting out. Right. And so um, just quickly um, in terms of, because I did ask you a question about if how much you get paid was going to make a difference. Right. Mm-hmm. This is now you. Did you enjoy working in the field that you used to work in? Yes. Okay. So you actually enjoyed your job. Mm, right. I did. So, but you don't feel like you were paid enough no right so if you were paid more let's add twenty thousand take home to your salary right twenty thousand extra take home to your salary do you think that okay i can be pulled out of church okay i can work on saturday okay i can be at a party with my friends and i'm pulling out my laptop and doing whatever that marilise wants me to do yes but here's the thing, if I was getting 20k take home extra, mm-hmm. I I wouldn't have someone have to call me to take my laptop out. I would be doing it because I want to. Right? So here's the thing. I'm getting loads and loads of money <laughs> at that time. Right. And um I need to get out of church to do this one thing, right? Here's the thing, for you to be called out of church to do something usually means that you might have made a mistake Mm -hmm. or you are in demand because you are good at what you do or you're the only person that can do it in the company, right? Okay. Um, If I'm getting paid this much, I would have first of all gotten this task right. Mm -hmm. I would have informed because now we have clear communication lines that's if that's if it's perfect now i'm talking about a a, a perfect situation uh we have clear communication lines i'm in church but i can now carry my laptop right. i can put my laptop in my car because i don't actually hate the job yeah i don't hate the job i don't hate the leadership and i don't hate how much i'm getting right so I'm in a position where I feel like I want to do these things more for myself and the company and the employer. Mm. Why? Because it's now I appreciate where I am. 
I appreciate what I'm being given. I appreciate how I'm, how they can see my worth. Do you get me? Yeah. So it's no longer me being pushed. You know, I'm getting this money. I'm happy. Okay. You, you want to talk to me during church? Okay. I'll come out in 10 minutes. Okay. And I'm happy to come out in 10 minutes because now it's, it's an ego boost, right? Now it's like, you guys need me because I'm good. And you pay me because I'm good. Okay. I'm not coming out of church because I have to for peanuts. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm not spending extra time away from my life for you for nothing. Have you heard people say, y'all don't pay me enough? All the time. Exactly. <laughs> if you were paid enough, you would have. Yeah. Okay. You'd do it. That's true. You would. You would. Okay. So, Especially if you like it. Oh, that's true. Especially if you like the actual job. I think mostly if you like your job. Mm. I, and I think even to some extent only if you like your job. So even if you're getting paid a lot of money, I think that if you don't like the job that you're doing, um, and I've seen this with a couple of people who work like, stock market kind of vibes mm. um you know like they make a lot of money but they don't really like the jobs that they're doing yeah. it just so happens that they were good at accounting at school and good at math at school and you know we get told by our parents that this is the kind of job you should get into so you get into it but is it worth it you know like i have to wake up at 3 a.m to make sure that i'm there with the stocks mm. i have to do all of these things and yeah okay if i enjoy it like you're saying, waking up at 3 a.m. isn't a big deal, right? So just bringing it back now to like mental health issues, right? Do you think that now if that aside, okay, so now you're getting paid all the money in the world that you needed to get paid. Let's say they asked you for when you went in for the interview and you were a junior and they asked you what your ideal salary is, they write it down on a piece of paper and they tell you that, okay, me and you, me as your manager, and you as my employee, we're going to work together to get you to your ideal salary. Okay, mm. give or take, given inflation. Right. Cool. So you're happy. You've made it to that salary. Everything is grand. Okay. Now, the do you think that because you have the money that you wanted, because you have the job that you love, that you can't experience any mental health issues? Okay. <laughs> This is where they say um, money isn't everything, right? <laughs> yeah, this is the part where they say money isn't everything. Um, but I actually wanted to talk about how depression in the workplace is actually more prevalent than people even realize, right? So people think that because they don't physically see, like they can see that so-and-so is stressed, you know that you yourself are stressed, so you can't actually even fully immerse yourself into whoever's problems. But um, SADAC, which is South African Depression and Anxiety Group, published a paper that said one in four employees have been diagnosed with depression. And the age group is between 25 and 44. Girl, Damn. that's our age group. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so is it any wonder we have midlife crises <laughs> is it any wonder and i just want and this is for south africa particularly right and there's implications to this 
implications to companies? So you mentioned ICANN, but are there, do you think in any of the companies that you've worked for that the managers, the people in management, not just your direct line manager, but people in management, that they are looking after your mental well-being in any way? No, no, they're not. I don't think anyone really cares Mm. how you are. And I feel like it is your responsibility. Well, this is the perceive the perception that it is your responsibility. Um, you are here to just do a job and go home. I don't care how you feel. I don't care what you're going through at home. That's your personal life. Um, I also don't care how I make you feel. Ooh. Right? Um we're all here for mm. one thing. I've got my own problems. <laughs> I was moody. Get over it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I stole your idea. Get over it. Ooh. You are saying some things. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think anyone cares. And I think we're used to having people not care. Oh. So, I mean, you see it even with HR. HR will tell you from the very beginning that come to us when you need us. We will help you. (laughs) Oh, we are wonderful. And when you start going through things at work, um, you realize that HR doesn't have you. No one has your back. And it's a very sad realization. But it's also, it helps you get to terms with the idea that you know what, I have myself to take care of because companies are not going to do this for me. So they don't. What do you think? I don't think they do. I don't think they do either. And I think they try to say that they do by mm. by saying things like, oh, uh, team building excursions and or exercises. Um, we're going to get people to talk to so that you know how to talk to each other in your team, which... Look, I understand it's a company, right? And they're trying to make their money and, you know, they can't be spending all their time trying to look after you, right? But just saying, let's make sure that Amu and D can talk to each other. So let's have a team building situation where D will now fall into Amu's arms and Amu will catch me. And now we can talk to each other. And so now we don't fight. At the end of the day, Amu isn't even the one who's my manager, Exactly. My manager didn't even come to that team building session. Exactly. And so, so what if Amu can catch me? <laughs> I know. Amu isn't the one who's meant to catch me. It's my manager, right? That's it. And not only that, even after my manager, who's catching my manager? I think it also mm. is important for me to see who's catching my manager mm. so that we should all be involved in the team building exercise. Because then if I see who's catching my manager, then I can see also that my manager is accountable to someone, which makes also which makes them also more human, human. to me. Oh yes. Because at some point, it almost seems as if managers are untouchable. Like they make us believe so much that they are they are it. Like if you mess up with them, that's it for you. And that can't be true. Mm. that can't be true and what ends up happening isn't even necessarily that you leave 
or not that they fire you because they have the power to. They would have had to put down things in writing, whether it's true or false, in order for them to submit it to whoever they're accountable to. Um, and you just don't know that. And you don't know that you could have also been writing your own things to help to hold them accountable and submit to someone else mm. because they make you think that they are it. Like you cannot talk to anyone past this person. And um, yeah, I think I think that's that's the extent that of like taking care of the mental health mm. that I have seen. Um, but what do you think would be would be more beneficial? So a company can come and say to you, but we have ICAS. Yeah, that's that is what they do. <laughs> that is what they do. Um, you know what, Didi? I think that when I look back at all the problems that I had, I think it was the type of leadership that I had. Okay. I I can't look at anything other than that. Yeah. I think it's the leaders that I had and how they were unable to help me do better. Mm, I think I did my best, but I think it was very difficult for them to also be their best and do their best. Right. So there was a trickle-down effect. There was also a trickle-down on um, pushing too hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a results-driven kind of environment. And also just them having their own issues as people because... You know, everyone has their own issues. And then those issues have to come to me now. Oh, yeah. And then I have to be the punching bag for whatever they're going through. So I think that's been my biggest thing. But I have a question for you. Yeah. Considering the job that you had had previously, mm-hmm. um, what would you say should have been done differently for you to be emotionally and mentally safe in the job that you had before this job right first of all what were you doing (laughs) okay so i was a psychometrist um and as i mentioned before um i worked in a clinical setting so it was also it was a small company i worked in a clinical setting and it was just um administering psychological tests on people writing reports about said tests okay Mm. um and that's essentially the gist of it and i think for for me it was a bit more complicated just because actually i think we spoke about this with you as well a little bit because you also you you were um doing a lot of stuff with articles um newspaper articles and you were reading a lot of traumatic things yes So at my job, I heard a lot of traumatic things. And I think there should have been like a debriefing session for us. Um, And I think that they should do that for for nurses, for doctors, for... I think the government should actually put into place like psychologists for these people. Not just tell them that they're available, but actually because it's not... um, it's not your first nature, especially for black people, to just decide, ah, let me go to a psychologist because yeah. I'm stressed at work. You don't think of it like that. You just think you're stressed at work and the people around you will tell you, well, that's work. That's yes. life. That's yes. what happens. Deal. Um, 
And so I think it would have been very helpful if we had someone who would come in, like mandated almost, you know, and then they can check you off and be like, nah, this person is still okay. Nah, this person is good. You can keep going and whatever. And let's just unpack some of the things that you heard today. And I know that a lot of psychologists don't necessarily do that with their staff and even for themselves, um, which I find a little ironic and funny because mm. they're psychologists, bro. <laughs> you should know. Shouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so I just, I think that would be a very big help. And I think even in big corporate like companies as well, I think there should be like a department psychologist, not the industrial psychologist who isn't even allowed to necessarily diagnose me with anything or for me to go and speak to them extensively about, you know, whatever issues that I'm having Mm -hmm. unrelated to work. I think there should be someone at the company and maybe the company can do a half and half thing. Like we pay half, you pay half kind of vibe. And it would be so beneficial for themselves as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I definitely think that there should be someone who's there to, to speak to you. What do you think? Yeah, I think the company needs to get more involved. Definitely. How? So they need to... Um, you see when managers have check-ins with employees and they say, we're checking in on you because some of them really do oh, check in. Yeah. I think there should be a mediator um, because it's very uncomfortable to speak to your manager about what's really happening, especially when they are the cause. It takes a lot of emotional yeah. intelligence. on he or she's part and it takes a lot of emotional intelligence on my part so we might need a mediator i've had too many check-ins where we were both dishonest where everyone was dishonest right i'd walk out of check-in and my colleagues would be like what did you say yeah did you did you you say everything you needed to say oh my gosh and i'm like no You'd even say no. I would walk out and be like, yeah. I said it all. I'd lie. I'd sometimes lie and be like, yeah, then I said this, then I said that. And then they'd come out and be like, I said this. He said this. She said that. And then now it's like, so did you say what you needed to say? (laughs) And then after two weeks, nothing has changed. Right. Because no one controls the situation. It didn't feel comfortable. We're not safe. And we know that. Right. We're not safe and we know that. So I think a a, a safe space needs to be created. I'm not asking for anyone to cuddle people at work, Mm. right? Because, um, yes, it is work. Also, we don't have time, right? People don't have time. But there's a huge difference between a normal check-in with your superior and a check-in with someone who actually cares to understand what's going on right you know when your manager is the one that's causing anxiety when you have anxiety because of him or her um how do you sit and say you give me anxiety right we can't even say that to our own parents right oh 
girl. <laughs> How do I say it to a stranger that pays me? That's it, right? Is that they pay you. There's power now. There's power dynamics. There's a power dynamic. Mm. Ooh, that's right. So I think a safe space needs to be created. I think, you know, this thing of um, having a psychologist struggle to get jobs in South Africa is weird to me. I don't understand it, bruh. It's like, really weird because we need it. We need it and no nobody's coming with it. Like nobody's doing it. Like you want to give me eye cares? Okay, but I'm going to talk on the phone with this person. Then what? Is this like what what is this doing? So even if when we have team building, let's stop playing games, guys. <laughs> Ooh, why yeah. why are we why are we playing uh catch the egg? <laughs> why are we jumping in potato sacks? <laughs> <laughs> why <laughs> Why are we jumping in potato Why sacks? are we moving eggs in a teaspoon? What are we doing? From point A to B. Why are we playing relay? Why are we doing relay? Because somehow you're going to write a better report because you played relay. If anything, that is a waste of time. Yeah. We need to have real um, conversations with people that can mediate these conversations. Um, just like how the retrenchment process works, you know how your boss would tell you, but there's always someone there that will talk you through it. And then you go on countless meetings for um, to help with the retrenchment process. Okay, let's have proper check-ins like that. Mm. Sure, we don't have time for people to be flying in to come and check how you're feeling because someone is sick in your family. I get it. But I'm saying problems in the workplace that are caused by whatever's happening within the workplace. Yeah. Let's really talk about them and not have an HR manager who's going to take in everything that you told them, give it to the boss, and that's it. Right. We need safe spaces in inside. Mm. We need psychologists inside. And confidentiality. That's when things will start getting better, I think. All right. And also even just explaining to your employees that, you know, this is the type of psychologist that deal with this. This is the type of psychologist that deal with that. Because I think, not even, I know so many people in South Africa, particularly, um, that don't know that there's classifications of psychologists. They think that you just see a shrink. Yeah, Nami, you just told me. <laughs> <laughs> you just told exactly. me. Exactly. <laughs> Which is problematic because now you can also see... But that's a different conversation altogether, but just a little bit, is that you will see someone who's not even trained to do that thing. And then you think, hey, I don't know what I just came from, but I'm never doing that again. Of course you're not. Mm. Because you saw the fly-by-night person mm. who gave themselves their own accredita accreditations from whatever. But you can actually find on South Africa's HPCSA website, and you can look and type in whoever, Dr. Banban, into their into the search engine and you can find their registration number. That registration number tells you that they are registered and that they are qualified. Then you're okay. You're good to go. Um, but yeah, I just think that definitely people need to be let know. And I think that within the company, people will feel a lot better knowing that, Hey, my company cares about me. 
right? Yeah. My company cares about me. I I could do that second report on Saturday. It's yeah. not that bad. Like, yeah. it's fine. I can do it. Right. <laughs> so, okay, Dean. Um, let's switch it up mm. because I think we're talking a lot about what companies need to do. But I think, especially for the next episode, we can look at this more. But I just want to ask you something. Yeah. When it comes to the work that we need to do. Yeah. Right? What do we do? Um, personally, I, when I was going through whatever I was going through from previous work stress, I, because I'm Christian, I prayed and I gospeled it out and I did my meditation, you know, I did the work that I needed to do, but I didn't do the work with the people that were causing these problems or the people that I had conflict with head on. Do you think there's a way of doing that? And also how do we take care of ourselves outside of whatever's happening at work? I think that is a very good part too. Okay. <laughs> of the whole conversation. <laughs> I think it's a it's a lot of stuff to speak about. Um and like you're saying, praying that helps and it's not if you're not Christian, it, you don't praying and meditation, like it doesn't necessarily have to be that you're praying to God or you can pray to the universe or yeah. you can just talk to yourself and meditate. And yeah. Um, but I think that is going to be a very good part two. Girl, let's make a part two. Let's make a part two. Let's get it with the part two. <laughs> let's go. Who knew there was so much to talk about workplace stress? Yeah. Workplace mental issues. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. And we hope to see you in or to have you in our next um, session. And stay tuned for part two. Oh, hell yeah. We're doing <laughs> a part two. <laughs> We're doing a part two. Have a great day. Such a rain for